Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Stacking the Box. I am Matt Verderam alongside Josh Hill, back here every Monday afternoon. We have a lot to talk about. The NFL Combine wrapping up today, but, of course, a lot of action over the weekend. And really, Josh, we got to dive right yep. into it. I think the biggest things that come out of it are Saquon Barkley. Yep. A lot of quarterback talk, of course, mm-hmm. and Shaquem Griffin. But let's start with Barkley. Yeah. Barkley... The star of the show, 4.4140 yard dash, 29 inch press reps, and a lot of talk now that all of a sudden he might be in play at number one overall. But what did you take out of his performance at the combine and just the combine overall? I mean, this idea that he had a strong combine and all of a sudden he's in the conversation for the number one overall pick is the most combine thing ever. Like, how many different times? We talked about it last week. Guys who are going to run fast at the combine, jump really high, have a ton of reps on the bench press, and all of a sudden it's going to be like, oh, this guy, is, you know, it's, it's Lawrence Taylor all over again. It's like, no, look, we all knew Saquon Barkley was going to have a really good combine because he had a really good season at Penn State. We all are expecting him to be a good pro. Nobody's doubting that. This idea that he needs to go number one now, I think that's where front offices run into problems, and we've seen that with different players in the past where you get enamored with somebody, and all of a sudden he goes, it's been Josh Allen so far. People get enamored with him. It's like, oh, the Browns need to take him. He's a franchise guy, blah, blah, blah. So the idea that Barkley goes number one, I think, is a little premature at this point. Let's maybe let a couple of weeks pass. I feel like he settles in nicely. Maybe number two to the Giants. You know, the, the, the Colts can be in there. Maybe the Browns can take him with his second pick. Um, one thing that I heard, which is a kind of goofy idea, but would be hilarious if it happened, if John Gruden wants to go up and get Saquon Barkley, <laughs> jumps over the 49, if he gets that far. I don't think he gets that far no, down in the top 10. No. Not after the combine he had, but, you know, that's just, you know, come on, make it happen. Well, no, Mr. And, Analytics. And well, yeah, yeah, really. Uh, well, he, does, he wants to run the ball quite a bit. But in any event, look, we talked about Saquon Barkley, and we'll get more into that as far as whether he mm-hmm. should go to the Browns, number one, or where he might go. Uh, but, like, yeah, he was tremendous. And I thought one guy who was great was Nick Chubb, but he didn't get the pub. Uh, yeah. you know, and he was a guy who could have been a number one pick, in, you know, first-round pick if yeah. he didn't get hurt at Georgia. But, look, the guy for me that was the story of the combine was Shaquem Griffin, okay, oh, yeah. who, a linebacker out of Central Florida. I don't think anybody knew much about this guy unless mm-hmm. you're a total diehard draft, Nick. And he comes out with a prosthetic left hand. He had to get an amputation when he was four years mm-hmm. old. Goes out and benches 20 reps at 225 pounds with the prosthetic. I can't even with, do that with two hands. Uh, like, yeah, really, no, no chance. And, and so he goes from being a guy who you're like, ah, you know, maybe he's mm-hmm. a sixth-round pick, seventh-round pick, and now all of a sudden you're looking at a guy who could go late day two yep. or very early day three. Yeah, I mean, th- this is, you know, we, we want to joke about – Saquon Barkley having too good of a combine where he's going to maybe oversell himself to some front front offices. This was this is a story that, that you can really get behind this. You know, it reminds me of like Derek Coleman, uh, the Seahawks, which actually this guy's brother plays for the Seahawks right, right. now too, uh, Shaquille Griffin. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it reminds me like the Derek Coleman story where he's this guy who, you know, he's deaf. You don't really have much. There's no history with deaf football players, that, that kind of thing, players with a disability. And then he comes on and he, he's really he's fantastic. And then we've, we saw this at the Combine, and I think him raising his stock goes to show that your talent and your athleticism, you can overcome anything. And this guy's going to get drafted, and he's going to oh. be a really good character guy in the locker room. He's going to be what we what we saw at the combine. He's probably going to be yep. a really good addition to a defense. So I'm excited to see who takes him. And some he's going to go to a really good some smart front office is going to take. Maybe it's going to be Pete Carroll. Maybe the, yeah. the Patriots go out and take him. But it's going to be a really good front office. You run a four three eight as a linebacker. Jesus. You're moving. And like I'm with you. Like we talk all the time. I can't stand all this number mm-hmm. stuff. The combine people freak out about some guys broad jump. Yeah. Who cares? Nobody's broad jumping on the field. Mm-hmm. Okay. You run a four three eight as a linebacker. You are moving oh, like yeah. that is the best time any linebacker's had in fifteen years. And you factor that into you look at his numbers. Pro Football Focus had him ranked mm-hmm. as the second best edge rusher in the entire D one spectrum. So mm-hmm. you're talking about a guy who has the tape, and now has a lot of attention on him. Aced the combine. He wasn't even initially invited to the combine. Mm-hmm. So not a bad job by him. But I thought Barkley and Griffin were the two guys who really showed up and showed out in Indianapolis. And on the flip side of that, Lamar Jackson, I thought, had a rough. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Weekend. You know, he, yeah. he was inaccurate. He didn't look good throwing the football Mm -hmm. he didn't run the 40 which i actually commend them for because i think he was trying to take away that narrative that hey Mm -hmm. i'm just a speed athletic type of guy i can still throw the ball but i thought his throwing at the combine set him back a little bit it did but i'm not going to judge him solely based on this combine performance like you put him in a game then we'll see what he does put him in live action let's see if he's still an actor let's see if he's still forcing throws and he's still making some of these mistakes that he made at the combine it's a one and done, this one and done thing where you have a bad combine, you have a good combine, and all of a sudden that defines your draft stock is foolish. And that's why we see a lot of these teams fall into holes that they can't dig themselves out of because they, they only look at surface level things. Lamar Jackson had a lot on him coming into this combine, and that was because of NFL front offices saying, You're a wide receiver, not a quarterback. Yeah. I think it was Andy Reid that said at one point, like, have a guy do everything he knows how to do before you start asking him to do something he doesn't. And it's like, he's a quarter. He won the Heisman Trophy as a quarterback at Louisville. And you're going to be like, no, nah, this guy, let's just have him do the, be a wide receiver. You know it's what? stupid. I understand that some guys just don't transfer. Mm-hmm. I get it. Like Tim Tebow being a guy yeah. who won the Heisman Trophy. But Jackson's a much better quarterback oh, yeah. than Tebow Big ever time. was. And this whole idea, look, I am a big believer in if you can't complete 60% of your throws in college, you're going to have a rough time mm-hmm. in the NFL. And Jackson comes in at 57%, but he did increase every year. He got better. Mm-hmm. Everybody's talking about Josh Allen as a top five pick. I'm sorry. Josh Allen can't hit water if he falls out of a boat. 56.2%. Yeah. That is awful. I would much rather take Lamar Jackson and take oh, my yeah. chances than I would with Josh Allen, who, by the way, played at Wyoming, mm-hmm. not exactly the ACC in Louisville, which had some pretty damn good teams in that conference. But for me, the guy who easily had the worst combine, Orlando Brown out oh, of Oklahoma. Now, look, again, we both talk about the combine is just one little piece of this puzzle. But when you're that bad, that's a major problem. When you <laughs> got coaches calling you a loaf <laughs> on the field, you're almost running a six flat in the 40. Mm-hmm. Orlando Brown went from a guy who was a mocked first-round pick almost universally 
to a lot of scouts walking away saying, maybe I take him in the seventh. That's a lot of money that just went down the drain for a guy who a lot of people thought was one of the better tackles in the draft before combine yeah i mean he's gonna have some damage control on what his pro day i guess is like his maybe he's gonna have to schedule some private workouts he better he better be great at that pro day he needs to do something yeah i love his excuse didn't wasn't he the one that was like i've been fat since i was a kid or something (laughs) that was like okay thanks but it doesn't really explain much else you're you're on the line that's kind of you know a prerequisite there but yeah i i hope he bounces back from this i hate i'd hate to see a guy get pegged as some kind of like bust or to lose not only to be pegged as a bust but to go from being a mocked first round pick to you're a seventh round guy who might not even make the practice squad like that's rough but hey you know we've seen this before with guys in adversity in the nfl maybe this is something that he, he gets drafted later maybe it's a second or third day thing maybe he has to bounce around a couple of practice squads and he's going to come back maybe in five years we're going to be talking about hey remember when orlando brown was too fat for the <laughs> too fat for the combine <laughs> and now he's a pro bowler now he's on a hey, super bowl offensive you know uh, line so there are there have been plenty of guys in nfl history who have bombed the combine mm-hmm. dalvin cook by the way yeah was Awful oh, at yeah. the combine. Nobody remembers that now. You know why? Because he's good. <laughs> Nobody cares. Okay? And there have been plenty of guys who have been great at the combine, uh-huh. Taylor Mays. And you go, oh, yeah, right. I forgot. He can't play. He's, he's terrible, but he was good at the combine. Look, now I think you move forward from the combine. We're going to have pro days coming mm-hmm. up. We know free agency is coming up. We're going to get to all that here throughout the show. But uh, with the combine now going to be finishing up here on Monday as we're recording this, actually. We can start to move forward. And now I think these mock drafts, so at least you have an idea of what you're looking at. Yeah. So, you know, we like to bounce around the NFL, kind of see what the narratives are, spin it forward, look into our crystal ball of expertise. And uh, first thing on our What's the Story this week, Verda Ram, is actually, you know, Saquon Barkley. Is he going to go number one to the Cleveland Browns? We kind of touched that at the top. You say he's solidified his top five status. I'm not sold. Let's just everything out. Browns, you're on the clock. You're John Dorsey. Are you calling Saquon Barkley over all of the quarterbacks? That's the important factor. All of the quarterbacks. Is he better than that? The only way I would do that is if you feel like there's no franchise quarterback in this Mm -hmm. draft. If you feel like, you know what, I would rather go out and sign a free agent quarterback, whether that be Kirk Cousins or it be A.J. McCarron, Mm -hmm. as there's a lot of smoke around, which which is a whole other story. If they go out and sign A.J. McCarron, after winning one game for two oh, years, they're gonna go it's all. 16. But, no, look, I would take the quarterback. I, yep. if, if you think Sam Darnold's a guy, mm-hmm. and, and for me he's my top guy, and Josh Rosen a close second, like that's the route I'm going. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the quarterback. And if Barkley's there at four, yeah. that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Then I would take Barkley. But the Browns, look, we've seen a litany of running backs throughout the years who are great running backs. Yep. They don't have a quarterback. What's it matter? Jamal Charles... A good example. Adrian Peterson, other yep. than a couple years of Brett Favre, what did they ever do? Mm-hmm. Nothing. So Todd Gurley, as great as he is, until, until Jared Goff played better, didn't matter, right? Yep. So to me, I'm saying you have to draft that quarterback first. I don't think Barkley gets past Indianapolis. But if he does, and you're mm-hmm. Cleveland, and he's there at four, well, then great. Then take him there. But you got to get the quarterback first. Yeah, and I don't even know if I would take him at number four if I was, if I was Cleveland. So say Bradley Chubb's still on the board. You can pair him with Miles Garrett. Yeah. That's, that's Patrick. Minka Fitzpatrick, is, you can put him in your second there. That's really good. I, I agree with you, though. That you have to take the quarterback. And we're going to get to the point here where somebody's the cream is going to rise to the top, and there's going to be a quarterback that separates himself. And John Dorsey, 
We said it when he was hired in, in Cleveland. He's an expert evaluator of talent, so he's going to find the right guy. He's not just going to throw a dart at a board and say, nah, all right, I guess it's Baker Mayfield. He's going to take Baker Mayfield because ABC and also XYZ. He's going to have a full list. And you know, to your point, yeah, Adrian Peterson, how many Super Bowl rings does he have? How many Super Bowls has he played in? None. None. No. Hasn't had a quarterback. Exactly. Todd Gurley, you mentioned Jamal Charles. I had down Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Great year. Rookie season. Dak Prescott falls off in his second year. I mean, Ezekiel is suspended, but like, if you don't have a quarterback, right? What's the point? Well, and you can go through a million teams recently that have won the Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. yeah, there have been a few big name running backs, like Marshawn Lynch. But when Aaron Rodgers won the Super Bowl a handful of years ago, can you name who the running back was? Yeah. James Starks. Hey, okay? I think James Starks was worthy of top five pick, and you can go down the line: New England, Philadelphia. They've won running backs by committee. Yeah. So for me, look, I think Barkley's a great talent. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Le'Veon Bell when I watch him run. I think mm-hmm. he's that kind of a talent. But it's worthless if you don't have the supporting cast around them. If you don't have that quarterback, mm-hmm. look, Cleveland might be more exciting with Saquon Barkley, but if Deshaun Kaiser is still your quarterback or A.J. McCarron's your quarterback, yeah. Yeah, you're, still, you're still terrible, mm-hmm. right? You're still Cleveland. You're the factory of sadness. Is everybody yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think Barkley's great, but I wouldn't take him number one. All right, so what's the story with the quarterbacks then? Who would you take uh, first if you're the Browns or maybe you're the, the Giants or wherever in that sure. top five? You're on the board. One of those quarterbacks, all those quarterbacks are there. Who are you going to take? I would take Darnold because I think he presents the least risk. And mm-hmm. I think NFL teams typically like guys with a high floor because they obviously have a lesser mm-hmm. chance of busting. Whereas if you take a guy who's got a great ceiling but maybe that, that floor is way down there, a big boom or bust, mm-hmm. You get in trouble. I will say this, though. Baker Mayfield worries me in terms of just who he is. Like, to be fair, he's never been like a criminal, any criminal involvement, mm-hmm. anything like that. So I, I, I think the comparisons to Johnny Manziel are unfair. But he does have that, that swagger to him that borders on, okay, this could be a problem at yeah. times. But the fact that he said, I can fix Cleveland, I'm the guy. <laughs> like, if I'm Cleveland, I'd be like, you know what? We kind of need a little bit of that. Like, we need that guy a little bit. But that all said, Darnold's my guy because I think – Everybody raves about him off the field. And mm-hmm. on the field, most importantly, I think he can really play. I know he threw some picks last year, but I think yeah. you can correct that. Completion percentage is there. Arm is there. Smarts are there. I think he's going to be a very good NFL quarterback. I'm between Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson. So, I mean, I, I kind of mentioned it before, but Lamar Jackson, I'm not going to base his combine performance on his draft stock. Like, I think if he fits, if he finds the right system, if the right team drafts him and develops him, like you said, year over year, he was improving at Louisville. Yep. If somebody gets him who can develop him, if you have maybe a Doug Marone who can develop him in Jacksonville, because this bad combine might be good news for Jacksonville. They might be able to get him in the second round now. Yeah. So, or maybe he goes to a team like, you know, maybe New Orleans wants to take him if they can't get Baker Mayfield and they want to get Drew Brees' successor. I I just, I think that Lamar Jackson offers way too much to just say, eh, he sucked at the combine. Eh, we're done. We're going to do this. I'm really excited to see what he does. You remember... A lot of people were skeptical of Deshaun Watson when he was coming out, too. It was Dabo Swinney who was like, this guy's Michael Jordan. This guy's going to change the culture of your locker room. And turns out, you know, had he not torn his ACL, he might have been the rookie of the year. Yeah. So, and then to, to that point, too, I think Baker Mayfield can provide that kind of a culture shift to a locker room that desperately needs it, like Cleveland. And, you know, maybe it's going to be 
not as subtle as the as the Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson seems to be much more subdued and leading behind the scenes, whereas Baker Mayfield's going to be on Front Street, yeah, you know, waving the flag with you know no shirt and crushing yeah. some beers. But I think that that kind of he's a good leader. We saw that at Oklahoma and a team like Cleveland, they can really. You probably know Progressive Insurance for insuring your home and auto. You may know Flo and Dr. Rick, but what you may not know is that Progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually because we're committed to helping our employees, and our employees are committed to helping others. Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021. Use that kind of a culture shift. So Mayfield and Jackson, those are my two. Yeah, look, and I think, you know, if Jackson had been great at the combine, Mm -hmm. I think he would be the buzz name coming out of here that, hey, maybe he's a top 10 pick. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe he's going to get up there. I think the combine hurts him in the eyes of many. But look, I agree with you. I I think Jackson's a very intriguing prospect. Mm -hmm. And Mayfield, like, you're just (laughs) – you're going to have fun with that whole situation. Oh, yeah. Now, now maybe your opponents are going to have some fun by the end of it if he if he turns out to go bust. But yeah. he has that like Joe Namath quality about him. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to zip that ball in there. The hell with you. I don't care. It's, you know, and that's and I'm going to tell you about it afterwards. And there's yeah. something there's something to be said for that. Yeah. There is something. I know everybody likes choir boys, but let's be real. Like this is the NFL, right? Like <laughs> you need you need a guy with a little bit of that. So. Mayfield was a winner in college, and I think, I think that does help, especially for a team like a Cleveland that really needs that attitude shift. Yeah, just wrapping a bow around this one. I think Lamar Jackson's bad combine is going to help him land with the right team. Good I think point. it's going to scare off maybe the Jets, maybe the Broncos. You want to scare off the yeah, Jets. Yeah, he's going to scare off the right teams, and I think he's going to land in the right spot. Somebody's going to see Arizona would be interesting. That would be interesting. David Johnson, Fitzgerald to help him along. I like, I like that. yeah. I, well, so interested to see that. Uh, what's the story with Jarvis Landry? Okay, so the Dolphins they franchise tag him, and almost, we established last week they don't have a whole lot of money, and then they're immediately like, yeah, we're going to trade him. Now we're going to extend them. Now we're going to trade him. What's what's going on? What's you the know story? what? I'll, I'll just start with this. Okay, <laughs> the Dolphins are like that family next door that is swimming in debt and then buys mm. a boat. Like, you're you're already over the cap. Yep. You trade for Robert Quinn, who's been basically a Cadillac on blocks for three years. Yeah. Okay, you're now twenty million over the cap. That you have to be cap compliant on March 14th of yep. the new league year. So Jarvis Landry's making six point two million dollars. He signed the tax. He's uh-huh. there. Everybody in the league knows that he's got to be traded or cut. Yep. There is no way they're keeping him. If they do, they're going to shed half this team because Indomit and Sue, he might get cut, but probably as a June 1st cut because that splits the dead money and we won't go all into it, but it would help yep. them more to cut him post-June 1. They have to move Landry. <laughs> and they wouldn't be in this situation if they would have just let him walk. Oh, they would have got a third-round comp pick for him, mm-hmm. which, by the way, if I'm a team that's interested in Landry, I would never give them more than a third round no pick way. ever in no. a million years because you have to give up the pick and then you've got to sign him to some outrageous contract. Yep. And for all the people who say, well, he led the league in yard in completions uh, last year in receptions, excuse me. Um, not a thousand yards. Nope. Didn't have a thousand yards. So to me, look, good player, absolutely. Great player, no. And now the Dolphins want you to give them a pick. Mm-hmm. And to sign him, when in reality, if you're the Dolphins, you could have just let him walk, got a comp pick for him, and saved yourself the headache. So I, <laughs> the Dolphins, 
it's mind blowing. No sense. No. At all. I, I will never understand it. But Landry is not going to play there next year. He will be gone in short order. So who trades for him then? Because we're going to assume that somebody's going to make some kind of draft day trade for him or leading up to the draft. What happens? Oh, who, who's oh, that team? Oh, I think he's gone before free agency. Oh, they have to get under the cap. All right. They have to be. I, I think the Bears. So the pressure's on. Who, who makes yeah, the trade? I think the Bears are going to try to swoop in. Look, they need a receiver in the worst way. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mitchell Trubisky right now is working with a bunch of hood ornaments on the outside. Kevin White, first round pick a couple years ago, but he's never healthy. Yep. Cam Meredith, he's coming back, but he had that gruesome knee injury in the mm-hmm. preseason. We don't know what he's going to be. Landry would be a good fit there. He's clearly the number one weapon if he goes there. I think that, that would make him happy. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think if you're the Bears. That's one of the few teams I'd say is worth saying, hey, we'll give you a fourth-round pick. We'll give you maybe even, you know, it, well, if I'm the Bears, no higher than a third. No. Um, but I, I think it makes sense for Chicago because they have the cap space and, and they have such a glaring need and they have that young quarterback they've got to develop. Yeah, Chicago scares me a little bit in that if you give up that third-round pick, because mm-hmm. I feel like they'd be the team that'd be like, all right, fine, we'll, we'll pay the third-round pick because we don't want to we want to Well, basically, if four else. picks to move up one spot. Actually. Exactly, and so that front you're going to trust that front office to, A, trade more draft picks when you have needs all over the roster, mm-hmm. a young team, they're building it back up, and then you're going to have to pay Jarvis Landry, and historically, when a wide receiver needs to get paid and somebody doesn't want to pay him, there's a reason for that. And you always have to look at the smart teams. They'll give guys contracts for smart reasons. They're cap casualties. There's somebody that you can't have. He can't stay around. He just doesn't work. We want to keep him, but we can't. This is not that situation. The Dolphins just don't know what the hell they're doing. They franchise tag him. They're going to trade him. They're going to extend him. They don't know. So the Bears, I mean, last time they traded with the Dolphins, it worked out well because of Brandon Marshall. Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to be the same situation here. But it just scares me. I think Baltimore. Baltimore is a team. They were they they also have a glaring need at wide receiver. And yes. I could see them maybe tossing up a fourth round pick doing business. Again, another former Dolphins receiver, Mike Wallace. Yeah. Is in yeah. town. So former Dolphins receivers all over the league. Yeah, I like Baltimore. That's a that's mm-hmm. a good fit. I think that'd be interesting. Look, I just to me, and I agree with you, like, by the way, for the record, just because I think the Bears would do it. Doesn't mean I agree it's with not a it. Smart move. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Like, why would you pay a guy who doesn't have a thousand yards? For, for that amount, I, yeah. I, it's just, he's a good player, sure, but it's not like you're a piece away here. You're no. not. So I, I think I think you got to, if you're the Dolphins, you got to get rid of him. And I think if you're the, one of the other teams, I just wait him out. All right, Verderam, let's, we're going down the home stretch here. Yeah. My favorite topic, every time we talk about the draft and free agency, it's the quarterbacks. Because this is a quarterback league. You have to have a superstar quarterback, as we're told, to win the Super Bowl. Nick Foles and the Eagles, they're laughing at everybody right now. But you've got teams out there like Minnesota, who lost to the Eagles. You've got teams like the Broncos and the Jets. They need quarterbacks. And we've got some free agents out there. We've got a carousel going around. Obviously, Case Keenum, big name. Everybody wants to talk about Kirk Cousins. But what about Case Keenum? In the NFC Championship game, looks like he's going to get a payday. Where does he go? Well, Jason Lockenford of CBS Sports says that he feels that he'll end up in Denver. That's mm-hmm. what he's hearing. I know Benjamin Albright, who we've had on the podcast before, mm-hmm. also mentioned that. Feels that you know, some people in Denver believe Cousins is going to go to Minnesota, mm-hmm. and so their fallback is Keenum. I don't mind that if I'm Denver, if you're still drafting a guy fifth overall. Mm-hmm. Because you've got to get a quarterback in there. Nothing against Case Keenum, but I don't think he's a franchise guy. No. More of a stopgap guy. Okay, fair enough. But, look, Minnesota just had him in-house, watched them play a full season, went to the NFC title game with him, and said, 
ah, that's all right. Yeah. We're going to let him go. Well, okay, fine. There's nothing wrong with him, but I wouldn't lock into him for, you know, three years and $60 million. I'd say, hey, look, we'll give you maybe a, a two-year deal. Last year, we can maybe wiggle mm-hmm. out of if we have to. Um, but I think, I think Keenum's going to go to Denver, and I think that's a better play for them long-term than if they sign Cousins yep. because they're not ready to win right now. Minnesota, fine. I get it. Cousins might be the missing piece. In Denver, Denver needs a lot of help. Yep. And so Keenum at least provides that bridge to the younger guy, whereas I think Cousins, you bring him in, let's face it, he's your guy for the next four to five years. Yeah, the case Keenum and Denver thing really trips me out because it's kind of more of the same. Like last year, we didn't know who their quarterback was. They didn't have a franchise guy. And, you know, you talk about Case Keenum going to the NFC Championship game. The defense went to the NFC Championship game. Case That's Keenum fair. was just there to make sure nothing went wrong. And to his credit, he made sure nothing went wrong. Did he, had, a good he job. had a great season. I don't want to take anything away from Case Keenum. But, you know, Stefan Diggs doesn't make an incredible play. And, right. you know, Marcus Williams doesn't miss a tackle. Yeah. We're having an entirely different conversation here, unless we forget how awful he looked in the NFC Championship game against a Super Bowl-winning defense. Right. So Denver doesn't have the defense, I don't think, to kind of carry the Case Keenum thing over. The Vikings do have a defense, and they do have they kind of cleared the deck now for Kirk Cousins. If you're Kirk Cousins and the Jets and the Vikings are your final two options, it's like National Signing Day. Which hat are you putting on? Are you going oh. to Minnesota, or are you going to stay kind of close to home and play for the Jets and maybe try to fix them? Oh, I'm putting on the Vikings hat because for two reasons. One, they're the much better team. Yeah. Okay. Secondly, they play indoors. Yeah. So I'm I'm all about that. That's I'm good. not New England's division. Nope. Okay. I'm not playing. I'm not playing against Tommy there for for two games. So I would absolutely go to Minnesota. He played at Michigan State, so he's familiar with that general region of the country. Mm-hmm. I think for Cousins, that's a perfect marriage of money and and, and competition. You have a yep. shot to go to the Super Bowl with that team. That team, oh, if they time. get Kirk Cousins, absolutely competes in the NFC to go to the Super Bowl again. Whereas to me, if you go to Denver, if you go to Arizona, if you go to New York, your, your team's not there. It's not ready, especially in New York and Denver. So I, I think if you're Kirk Cousins, you're thrilled to go there. And quite honestly, again, the Jets, and very similar to Denver. Why would you sign Cousins to this astronomical figure when what is he going to get you to? Six and ten? Seven and lucky. nine? I guess. Yeah. Like, so to me... The Jets, again, you're drafting sixth overall. Take a quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, or, or if you want to go bridge the gap a little bit, fine, fair enough. Again, again like a Bradford, a Keenum, somebody like that to get to that next young guy. Yeah, and if you're Cousins and you go to Minnesota, you're providing that franchise with something they've never had, which is long-term stability at quarterback. You look at... It's a laundry list. Everybody likes to throw out that meme of the uh, Browns jersey with all the 20,000 different quarterbacks that have come through town. It's not been much better for the Vikings. And it's almost more heartbreaking because they win and they don't have any answers. It's always a Band-Aid. It's always Randall Cunningham, Brett Favre, Dante Culpepper is the longest-tenured quarterback there, I think. So if you get Cousins in there, he offers stability at a position that, A, you need stability in anyways to win in the NFL, and B, the Vikings have never had. So I want to see what that looks like. Because remember, you got Dalvin Cook's coming back next year. That defense is intact. They're going to be really good again next year. If you put in Kirk Cousins in that whole situation, it just it really excites me to see what they can do. Maybe, maybe it blows up. Maybe it doesn't work because it's Minnesota sports and nothing good ever ends up happening. But hey, Kirk Cousins, you, you can do a lot worse than him. I think you take the shot. If I'm not mistaken, the last quarterback who started five straight years for Minnesota is Tommy Kramer. And I'm, I'm willing to guess most of our viewers oh and our listeners have no idea who Tommy Kramer oh is. Oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, listen. You know, if I'm the Vikings, I would, I would take the chance. 
for me, those other teams that are involved, it doesn't make sense. No. And uh, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that this episode of Stacking the Box is brought to you by Fanatics. And you can save 15% on your purchase of $50 or more on your Fanatics gear. You also get free shipping. And everybody loves free shipping. Because why not? That's where I'm so, getting my Mark Peterson Rams jersey. <laughs> oh, man. You can get one of those like little candles to light. That's right. There you go. Your little Marcus Peter Memorial. But enter the code FANSIDED. You get 15% off your purchase, $50 or more. At Fanatics, we all love it. You can do it. Final thing that we want to kind of dig in here with the free agency thing, it is Teddy Bridgewater. We just talked about the Vikings. What is he going to do? Because it seems that the Vikings are not going to bring him back. And if they can get Kirk Cousins, they have no reason to bring him back. It's both a dumb move financially, and it's unfair to Teddy Bridgewater. Because he, he seems like a guy who could come back, kind of like a Lamar Jackson thing. If he gets into the right situation, if the right team finds him, Maybe he can develop into the guy he was looking at before he suffered that gruesome, gruesome knee yeah, injury. Yeah. Um, where do you see? We mentioned the Jets as a Kirk Cousin option. Doesn't look like that. There's been reports floating around that maybe they will give him a shot. Do you see a team out there that if they get Teddy Bridgewater, maybe not as a starter, but as kind of a, a 1B option where it could work? You know, the Jets are interesting. I think that, that would be a good fit from the standpoint that he's young and mm-hmm. there's not that expectation to win right away. But I. You know, and we've talked a lot about this team because I feel like they fit for a lot of people mm-hmm. is, is Arizona. Yeah. I, I just, look, Arizona's the type of team that could bounce back very quickly. Wilkes is a good choice of head coach, and I like the choice. I know you do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Bridgewater could go in there and play well. Bridgewater throws a nice deep ball, and the Cardinals, and I know Arians isn't there anymore. They've changed over, but they like mm-hmm. to go deep. They have the personnel to go deep down the field. You've got that running game to help him. You've got a good defense. Like, to me, if I'm the Cardinals and I feel like I can't get one of those top-tier quarterbacks in the first round, drafting back, I believe, at 17, Mm -hmm. it makes sense for me to go get that young guy. Look, if Bridgewater didn't get hurt, the Vikings wouldn't be looking for a new quarterback at Bridgewater. So if I'm the Cardinals, I'm looking at that as a great option to go out and get that guy if the money works and he's willing to go there. All right, last thing. Any free agent steals out there that you can see? I think Trent Murphy's going to be an interesting guy. He had eight sacks a couple years ago. Yeah, but you know what? You He's need a steal, to, you need, I guess. There well, you go. Here's why, right? You need pass rush, uh-huh. and, and a lot of teams do. And he had eight sacks a year ago. He tore his ACL last year. He didn't play. Mm-hmm. So I think you could get him on a really cheap deal, and he's a guy who give you eight to ten sacks. I like him. And depending on the contract, it gets Allen Robinson to me. If you can get him on a on a prove it deal, maybe even a two year deal, and maybe that can't, not, is not the case. Maybe enough teams will bid that mm-hmm. he, he prices himself out of that. I think he would be a great addition to a team. He proved that he can play with Blake Bortles, so he can play anywhere. <laughs> uh, I'll let you take it out after this, but if Muhammad Wilkerson doesn't end up being the guy who gets way too much money, I will, I'll have to do something. Oh, he, he's the guy that's getting overpaid. Oh, I think, I think him or, or LaMarcus Joyner, who look, good player, fine, but before Wade Phillips showed up, like, they were benching him on a daily basis, so we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, look, thank you very much for watching and if you're going to be listening listening on itunes to stack box please go to itunes and subscribe leave a rating leave a comment we really appreciate any and all feedback and you can check out my work and josh's work on fansided.com daily so next monday we will be back on facebook live right here on fansided and of course streaming on itunes as well to talk all things nfl free agency so for josh hill i am matt verderam thank you for watching and we'll see you next week Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it.
And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply.